0: Join our group mentoring calls every Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific. You can find it on my website at onerentalatatime.com. Now on with the show. Good morning, everyone. How are you doing today? Michael Zuber, One Rental at a Time. Let me try to get this thing all situated here. All right. So if you listen to my daily financial news this morning, thank you very much. You have come prepared If you are catching this live or on the recording and you have no idea what a daily financial news is, where have you been? I've been doing a daily financial show for almost three years now, over a thousand episodes every single day, means every single day. So uh, do me a favor, join, subscribe, set notifications. Let's talk about money, investing uh, every day together. That goes off at 7.30 a.m. Pacific. But uh, if you did listen to the news, you have come prepared. I asked you to bring a piece of paper and a pen. We are going to go through an exercise together, folks. This will take a half hour because we need to go see the landlord, uh, the lumberjack landlord at 830 Pacific. Again, if you are watching this on replay, all you need is a piece of paper and a pen. If you don't have those right now and you want to play along, hit pause, go get these two instruments, and we will get going. What I want to do here is I want to use these two things to show you why uh, I believe that we have a just a monster q four in front of us. Uh, we have a lot of inflation coming. That will be led by a, followed by a period of deflation, followed by our ultimate slog of stagflation. These dominoes look very clear to me. I have been following the consumer for decades. Uh, I can see trends. Now, things could happen to jumble this up. Uh, I am, again, doing this live because I would love your feedback. So what we are going to do is we are going to walk through an economics 101 session together. When you think about economics, there's micro, there's macro, there's, you know, Lots of things that, uh, that I learned in school, getting my degree and my advanced degree. But we are gonna talk about supply and demand. So the first thing I want you to do is somewhere on your piece of paper, likely in the middle, I want you to draw a circle. And I am gonna do this together with you. And inside the circle, I want you to write supply. And outside the circle, I want you to write demand. So you have something that looks like that. Yes, supply and demand. So let's let's walk, let's talk about both supply and demand. So supply is really you could think of goods and services, products, whatnot, right? So what I want you to do is I just want you to tick a bunch of, I thought this would show up better. Is there a better one? Let me think. Let me see if this is better. Oh, here we go. This one's better. So what I want you to do inside the circle is I want you just to tick a bunch of lines, almost to make them look like freckles, right, or ones or whatever you want. And then on the outside, I want you to tick a bunch of ones as well. Try to get, you know, the same kind of number. You don't have to be exact. But again, you know, just keep going nuts. This will all make sense in a second. Okay, so I don't know. I don't know what yours looks like, but here's mine. Supply and demand. So supply is really easy for people to understand, right? It's the products and goods that that are sold and bought, right? Or supply is what is what is out there. Demand. Demand is tricky. Demand is really has two factors, and this is going to be important for this exercise. Demand is a want, like a desire. But you also have to have the capacity to pay, right? For example, lots of people watching YouTube this morning um, want a nicer car. They want a vacation. They want a nicer house. Unfortunately, a lot of us don't have the capacity to pay. So you are technically not part of demand. If you want a Ferrari and you could buy a Ferrari, that's demand. If you want a Ferrari but couldn't pass the credit check, you're not included. So demand is a want and desire and the capacity to play pay. So the reason I wanted you to have a circle with a bunch of ticks and outside a bunch of ticks is if you go back to 2018 or 2019, I guess, before this health crisis, supply and demand in the United States and really the rest of the world was about even. Right, we did. That's why we didn't have inflation for decades. Right, inflation. The Fed was always talking about inflation being below two percent, and we can't get it there, and all this other nonsense. You were having technology advancements pushing on deflation. You were. It was just. It was a pretty balanced market. Certainly, when you look at the market. in, In as a collection of everything, were there some goods that were in short supply? Absolutely. Were there some goods that had too much? Absolutely. But generally speaking, the economy as a functioning organism was very, fairly well balanced between supply and demand. Now let's fast forward to where we are today in Q4. To call the economy today well balanced would be a gross exaggeration or completely wrong, arrogant, whatever. So, if we go back to our picture, what have we done? Well, the first thing we we should start crossing out inside the supply, all of these ones, or not all of them, but you should just like cut them in half. Right? How many times have you heard about got to shop early? You know, this is not there, empty shelves, 103 ships out in Southern California. We have seen, right? Just cross off a bunch of ones, right? Your supply is less today which by itself is inflationary but oh my gosh we are not done oh my god we're not done what have we done the last 20 months we have pumped a gazillion dollars into the economy we have pumped so much money into the economy that the that the us consumer has 1.3 trillion dollars in excess savings we were locked up we couldn't spend. So now on the outside of this picture, we have to add more demand, right? We have a lot more people that can't afford because we haven't been spending the squat. Why do you think, uh, what was I reading the other day? Bentley, was it Bentley? I think it was Bentleys are having a record year and Ferraris are record years because people have more flipping money. So we have more people with capacity to pay. So this outside Doubled the number of ticks inside, got cut in half. Folks, that is what's happening right now. Right now, we are being told the supplies are limited. Shop now. Get it before it's gone. This is why retailers next week are going to report blowout numbers. This is why they're going to report blowout numbers next quarter. They don't have to discount. They can raise prices. Folks, they got a gazillion pieces of demand. It doesn't matter. If they lose one, who cares? We are seeing inflation take hold, take off. It is going to get worse before it gets better. However, this will not last forever. The supply-demand picture will reverse. And it will lead to a point of deflation. When? I don't know, April, May, March, sometime next year, but it will happen for certain. It could be delayed a month or two, but it will happen. How can I say that? Supply demand is undefeated. Go back to this picture. What's going to happen? First off, supply is going to come back, right? Start putting those ticks back. We got 101 ships. They'll eventually be unloaded. Oh, by the way, what's happening right now that I keep telling you? Companies are so stressed for supply, they're double and triple ordering. And boy, they're going to regret that next year. Oh, by the way, just keep adding ticks because now supply is going to go back up. Right? So again, a whole bunch of supply is back in there. And now what happens to demand? Well, the American public and really consumers at large, once you spend that excess money, it's gone. So now you get to start crossing off these X's on the outside. Right? You are about to see a lot of demand disappear, supply increase. Now, how do shop how do retail and service arms and car dealers react? They discount. They cut prices. They're going to have the inventory that they triple ordered right when they shouldn't because because demand goes on forever. So that's going to lead to a portion of deflation. It will lead to companies losing money. Uh, It will lead to what ultimately the end of this party is, is stagflation. Uh, We are going to have a slowing economy with inflation. It is. um, It is that simple, I think. Uh, supply-demand is undefeated. When you have market forces that interrupt supply-demand, you get un- unnatural things. Go back to the 1970s in the oil embargo. What happened? Well, supply was cut off. Demand wasn't. Demand got higher. Oil went up. And oil was in everything, so everything else went up. You know That's happening today on a bigger scale. And a lot of this will also keep rippling through because wages. Wages are going up. Uh, and I think wages will continue to go up. So, again, that's my quick walkthrough of economics 101, supply, demand. Uh, this picture looks pretty certain to me, at least at the moment. The question will be what happens to interest rates. Uh, what happens to you know interest rates? is I Again, I've said it two months ago. I believe the Fed is going to be forced to raise rates at exactly the wrong time. Think about the supply demand picture, right? We have inflation building and building, it's getting worse. They're going to have to raise rates right into when demand falls off, supply doubles. It's um there's a there's there's uh there's some pain ahead, I think. So that's what I have for you. Uh let's just say good morning to everyone. Good morning Nathan, good morning Invest to Wealth. How are you how are you guys doing this morning? Let me know what you think. Do you have any questions uh, about this topic? Any other topics? I can go for another fifteen minutes or so. We want to make sure we can get to the lumberjack at eight thirty. Any questions? If not, thank you for playing along. Play with this idea. Let me know what you think. Ask me questions. I would love—I'd love to debate this. Maybe—maybe maybe I'm missing something. Uh, this is obviously a global economy, uh, so there will be some adjustments around the world. But yeah. Supply is artificially constrained, right when demand is through the roof. Demand—the more and more we hear about "Gotta shop now," we're gonna shop now. Then we're gonna run out of money. That 1.2 trillion become 800 billion, and then four, and then all this, and then um, supply is gonna double. That's deflationary. So, Clayton, man, thank you. How you doing? Oh, question: Can a depression happen? At least the classical definition of a depression, I don't see be repeated. I think the depression, uh, at least in the US, as we experienced, that was a, that was a combination of uh, uh, financial debt structures that have significantly changed, i.e. real estate. One of the reasons real estate got so bad is the, uh, the debt was short term. It was five years and people didn't have it. So that's changed. We have a lot more safety nets. Uh, And also, uh, I don't think the government, God, who knows, but I don't see them making the same mistake. So I do not see a depression. I do see a recession. I've called that. The business cycle is undefeated. The business cycle is undefeated. It can be adjusted. It can be moved. uh, But I think the the business cycle is undefeated. So uh, no, I don't see a depression. Is it possible? Sure. But so many things would have to go wrong. I just don't see it. I don't see it. Good morning, Tamika. How are you? Doing a little economics 101 here. Thank you for joining. Question: What do you think about investing in gold or silver? Um, again, I'm a, you know, I like insurance policies. And when I was um, when I was, you know, 30 to 35, my insurance policy was silver uh and i've been very clear my insurance policies are about one percent i take about one percent of my net worth and i put it somewhere when i was 35 36 it was gold and silver and then gold and silver exploded in the great recession i took that and bought real estate today my one percent much bigger uh i don't want the storage and theft and all of those so um I don't, I don't have a big, I don't have, I have a couple of token pieces like this piece Olivia bought me that I won't ever sell. Uh, but yeah, I think for most people, it's great, although it's not done very well. Uh, you know, with this inflation threat, it hasn't moved. Uh, I chose, as you know, Nathan, to put 1% of my net worth into Bitcoin and Ethereum, uh, November, October, November of last year. So um, just because it's more liquid. Uh, it, it's a lot more liquid. It, I can hold it without paying storage costs and stuff. Uh, I think it's important to have a insurance risk or insurance policy. For me, it was gold and silver. Now it's uh, crypto, but again, it's one percent. It's all, for me. It's only one percent. Yeah. Tamika's doing great. That's awesome. Better home rental. Good morning, Janet. Good morning from LA. Thank you for your videos. You're very, very welcome. What? Motives you to keep the channel going? Uh, No. Uh, What motivates me are emails and texts of people changing their lives. Uh, I spend about 90 minutes a day doing this stuff, but I'm pulling up some pictures. When you guys send me pictures or you send me emails or or, um, direct messages on Instagram, I save these things. For example, just in the last 48 hours, I really needed the simplicity of one rental at a time. It helped me. Turn my attention and focus to the critical things to be successful. Previously, I was all over the place and didn't know how or where to focus my time. It is such a simple process, but not easy. Thanks for helping me understand how to learn my market and yield. Michael, thanks for all you do. I've been watching your show when you had less than 5,000 subs, and and it's amazing to watch you grow. I started this year with the goal to reach financial freedom, started in April with no rentals. Eight months later, Now have 11 rental properties, 47 doors, and we'll be exceeding our target financial freedom number. Keep up the good work. So I get these almost every day. Um, Yeah, it's just these. That's why I do it. I do this for you. Uh, I would make a lot more money doing other things. Um, Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely my positive impact score, which you will get today. I'm an open book. I do this for you, right? My positive impact score is about you. Um, So that's why I do it. Uh, Chano, good morning. When do you think the Fed gives the first interest rate raise and by how much? Uh, I think my leading uh, guess is July. And I think they're going to have to do aggressive, which in Fed speak is a half a point. I think the first raise is half a point and it's in July. Uh, Would it shock me if it's a quarter point? No, but... um, I think they're going to be so behind the curve, it's going to have to be half a point. Thank you for the question. Keto, congratulations. Uh, Let's see. What about housing supply? Housing, the great slowdown has started. Uh, We're going to go from 1.3 to 1.4 to 1.5 to 1.6. This is going to be a much, much better time to be a real estate investor because it's going to be easier to find deals. You're going to be able to offer less than asking. Uh, you're going to have to run the numbers though, because interest rates are going to go up. So you're going to have to be very, um, you're going to have to watch your yield, always work on your yield. So yeah. Uh, Nietzsche, Zuber, good morning and greetings from Moldova. I think that's a foreign country. That's cool. Where are your sidekits? They are the only reason I watch the show. Oh, oh, you're talking about my puppies. I think I thought you were talking about the (laughs) lumberjack. There you go. Here's happy. She was a she was asleep, but you can see that. She's tired. There she is. Okay, go back. That was funny by the way. Uh why does not the Fed increase rates now? Uh Nathan, that's a very good question. They can't. They simply can't. They uh, they've learned their lessons. They can't surprise the market. If if the Fed raised rates Monday, the stock market would lose their mind, which would impact four hundred one k's. It would impact the consumer. It would. The Fed has to be very clear, deliberate, all of those things. Uh, the, the the yeah, it would break. It would. It would break. Yes. Uh, we appreciate your gift to the community. Like so many others, my life and financial future are certainly improved because of one rental at a time. Yes. See. I get one message like that a day. I can be happy all day. It is that simple. When you can impact people's lives, and oh, by the way, everything I try to create is gonna hopefully outlive me by 50 years. There will be people in 100 years that hopefully watch this, buy the book, and change their life. You know how cool that is? Certainly cooler than buying another watch or car or whatever. It's not about me. I have enough. Maybe my goals are stupid or weak or whatever, but I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. So yeah, pretty cool. So did everybody do the uh, exercise supply-demand? If You you know what? If you did this supply-demand picture, take a picture of it and sent, tag me on Instagram. I would love to see somebody's work. I want to see if it made sense what we were doing. See if you understand inflation, deflation, stagflation. I would love to hear from you. Any thoughts on over-funded life insurance policies as a response to Yellen's desire to say, Oh, yeah. Whoa. Yeah, Yellen's tracking six. First off, I think that's been killed because they realized finally how stupid that was. Um, I have not looked at looked at whole life insurance policies or any of that. I, I need to look at that, Tamika. I haven't looked. Yeah. I like your videos, not only for real estate, but in the bigger picture of external events impacting prices. Yeah. Um, Nathan, thank you. Um, real estate is certainly where we have made our wealth, but the real estate's like, it's only one cog in a very big wheel. Right. And that's why, you know, when asked, I study the consumer. If I only had to study one thing and this is what I learned in my all my economics classes. I'm going to follow the consumer. The consumer is the biggest part of the economy. They typically move in a herd. They're typically late. And um, they typically would rather spend than save. The consumer is predictable. And if you can find the little movements in the consumer, woo, you can make some moves and make a lot of money. So yeah, I, um, I only follow the consumer. Janet, I have to be on the Lumberjack live stream. Oh, yeah, all of us should be there. Eight more minutes. Thank you for all you do. Brought simplicity, something I was back and forth on deciding if I was heading in the right direction. One rental one rental down and a plan in place for the next one. Woohoo! Very cool. All right, everybody. Enjoy your day. Go watch the Lumberjack. I can't believe he goes on for three hours. He's amazing. Have a wonderful Sunday. I will produce my positive impact score next. Take care. Oh, let's see one, one more question. How will China slow down impact the U.S.? You know that's a billion dollar question. Uh, you can see how it'll impact debt. Uh, you can um, you can see how it's going to impact commodities. Uh, they're they're in tr- they're they're in trouble. their Their economy's toast. I mean, like they have made some stupid decisions. Just dumb. Maybe they're fine long-term, but boy, there's going to be a year or two of pain. Um, Yeah, it's not good. Uh, I think the biggest impact, Nathan, is going to be the rich exit China even faster. They want to get their capital out, which means this travel ban that's now been lifted. I think you're going to see a lot of Chinese who have cash go, I'll take that. LA house or I'll take that Miami condo or I'll take that New York apartment They're not going to even think about cash flow guys they're going to think about wealth preservation so that's that's what I'm thinking Yeah All right everybody take care of yourself go enjoy the lumberjack he's amazing bye